Every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis' ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls. We speak the language. Primo's. Hi everybody, it's Doc from the John Freakin' Mirpod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Miss these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Greetings, hikers. Thank you for tuning in to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. I'm Doc, and I'm your host, I'm honored to have an incredible hiker and character on the pod today. Please help me welcome B.A. to the show. Woohoo! B.A., just some stats before we get into this. Uh, did you know that the podcast is 
doing all right. We are international. We're, we have uh, eight countries that listen to us. Is this real? Is this, that real data? Where do you find r- that data? Real data. The analytics on the app are, uh, on the Anchor app are just fantastic. I like so, to hear that. So eight countries, also 22 states in the, uh, in the U.S. So thank you for all those listeners out there. Hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That's a, that's a great help. If you're not enjoying the podcast, then you know just keep that to yourself. <laughs> hey, B.A., why don't you share with our listeners your hiking experience and how you came to find yourself on the John Muir Trail for the first time? So, first time on the John Muir Trail started with you, and I think I posted something on a Facebook group, and you realized that hey, I was interested in the John Muir Trail too. And I got a special invite and that's where it began. Yeah, and did we know each other before this? We did know each other. We are family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. We're, we are step cousins mm-hmm. and it was it was really shocking to me. I was just on one of the groups and I saw your name. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know, know her. <laughs> I know her. I wonder if she'd want to come with us. Heck yeah, and I did. And I was so excited to receive an invitation. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That that particular trip, you yeah. you had a connection up in Mammoth and set us up with incredible accommodations yes. the night before. So, yeah, it was great. We had a a nice place to stay, and it turned out that I was finishing a, a hike, and you guys were starting at the same time. So I tagged along. And do you still go by BA? Um, my trail name is slowly changing. Okay. I haven't decided which one I want to take or not, but okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we want to explore that other, what it's evolving to, or if we just want to stick with BA for the purposes of today's episode. We could stick for B, with BA for now. Okay. So before we get into the story behind your trail name, BA, um, one of the things we like to do on, on each episode is kind of have our guest host uh, report out on, on what the studio looks like. So just without any you know explanation, I want you to pick out three things in your line of sight uh, here in the John Muir, John freaking Muir Pod Studio. So my first thing that I saw was apples to apples because I do love that game. There's also some camels. They're they're not real camels, but there are some camels in here that I can see, and some beautiful pictures of family. That's what I like. Okay, very good. Thank you. I'm sure our listeners over the course of these episodes are having a a real clear picture develop of what the studio looks like. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. Or or maybe not. <laughs> So let's talk about your your trail name, BA. Where did it come from? So before I started the John Muir Trail, I had gotten a permit to hike Mount Whitney. So me and a few of my friends hiked Mount Whitney for, we did it in a day. And I had a day break between, and then it was my first day of backpacking the John Muir Trail. And everybody that we met on the trail, when we told that story, said, wow, that's so badass. What a badass you are. And it got shortened to BA because that's easier to say. <laughs> yes. We always talk about uh, brevity in terms of trail names. You don't want to have a long trail name because mm-hmm. it gets really awkward and yeah. cumbersome when you're trying to talk to the person. Agreed. So, yeah. So, all right. Outstanding. Thank you, BA. So, BA, one of the things that we kind of keep our ears open for during the course of uh, each episode is the pro tip insight of the week. This is something we started with Buddy on the first episode, and we decided to identify the the pro tip inside of the week at the end of the episode after all the things that we had discussed. It kind of just comes up through the natural flow of conversation. We don't have it planned out ahead of time. So as we are working our way through the episode, I want you to keep that in mind because I'm going to come back to you at the Mm -hmm. end and ask you what I I think it is. What you think it is. Okay. Keeping it open. Okay, so today we're going to take a deep dive into our packs, discussing what gear we bring on our trips and why we bring it. 
Lately, I've been geeking out on weight, and I even asked for and got a digital luggage scale for Christmas so I can get an accurate idea of my pack weight and the weight of the individual items in my bag. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I am I am not going out and buying all of all of the very expensive ultralight right. gear. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's not always worth it because this is supposed to be fun and not a costly a costly activity. So spending extra money on ultralight isn't always a good idea. Now, don't get me wrong. If someone were to offer me a $600 tent from Z-Packs oh, I would or, take or it. Some, I would yes, take please. it in a heartbeat, yeah. but I just don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the, the poor man's way to uh, achieving, I wouldn't even say ultralightness, just you know, lighter than, than my, the first time I went out. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the size of your pack and what's in there is going to have a direct impact on the quality of your hike. It's a delicate balance because I don't think it's just a matter of the heavier your pack, the more you're going to have to embrace the suck. But if you're carrying too much weight, it's going to be a chore. BA, I know you weren't on that hike with us, but the size of Skid's pack, it was easily 50 plus pounds. That's a great example of that. He was really suffering on that first day and he made a huge sacrifice to the trail (laughs) gods that first night and left a lot of items behind for future travelers. But same time, if you try and go too light and if you don't bring the right stuff or enough of the right stuff, you will also embrace the suck. And I've got some stories that exemplify that as well. Most notably last year's hike in September on the JMT where temperatures dropped into the 20s at night and my tarp, quilt, and multiple layers of clothing kept me from freezing to death but did not provide a a great night of sleep. Yeah, that's never fun. Um, Before we unzip the packs, though, I want to take just a couple of minutes to discuss one of the most important part of any hiker's gear, what's on your feet. Now, for the first couple of years, I wore boots, which provided great sole protection and ankle support. But inevitably, after the third or fourth day of any hike, I was having to do extensive work on blisters, and my feet were just sore in beyond belief. Place. Yeah, yeah. And if, if your feet are in a bad place, your brain's in a bad place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get so sore, my speed would be impacted. And as we heard last episode with Jukebox, I could not even muster any effort to speed up and escape the charging deer. Oops. Also, it's been said, every pound of weight on the feet is like adding five pounds to your pack. Yeah. So foot, footwear, very, very important. Mm-hmm. So after that memorable Sequoia trip to Precipice Lake and almost dying because I couldn't escape the charging deer, <laughs> I made a big switch to using trail runners. I remember it was just a couple of weeks before Jukebox and I were going to do the southern half of the JMT. My feet were killing me from the Sequoia hike, and I knew I had to make a change. So on a lark, I went to a local sporting, sporting goods store, looked at the trail runners they had, and just kind of, you know, through feel, seeing what kind of flex they had on the sole, I found one that had a decent sole that I thought would protect the bottom of my foot from rocks on the trail. I did a couple of training hikes with them and then used them on the 125 miles that Jukebox and I did from Florence Lake to Whitney Portal. And you know what? What? We logged nine, several 19-mile days, finished the yeah. trip in seven and a half days, and I didn't think about my feet once. That's amazing. It was incredible. It was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. It changed the hiking experience totally. I have since changed to a pair of Ultra Trail Runners with a wider toe box, and they are incredible. BA, what are you wearing, and what's been your experience with your footwear? So I've had almost the same experience. When I first started hiking, um, I, was wearing, I was wearing boots, and I hiked the Camino de Santiago in Spain and I wore boots the whole time and my feet were so uncomfortable but I was told you need ankle support you need to wear boots and after I got back my feet were I I had tendonitis and I said I can't ever wear these shoes again so I switched to some Solomons that were hiking shoes 
And those were good, but they were still heavy and a little too stiff. So now I just switched to ultras this season and I'm so excited. They're so much more comfortable. The toe box is huge. And I just, I feel like I'm walking on air. The, the, the no drop was a little weird to get used to at first, but now I'm just so happy to be wearing light, comfortable shoes that make my feet not feel, I don't have to, I don't feel my feet at the end of the day. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Those are great. And if, if there was any doubt about uh, BA's trail name, the fact that she did the Camino de Santiago <laughs> just further reinforces that. How many miles is that? It's 520, I believe. Yeah. 520 miles in, I did it in four and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. It's Crazy. a great experience. If anybody ever wants to try it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And let's take a little diversion there. So, so Camino de Santiago is a little bit different than hiking the John Muir Trail. What, what are the main differences? There, well, it's, it's option. The backpacking part is optional. Everybody's got a pack on, but you don't necessarily have to use a tent. You don't need to pack a sleeping bag. There are, they're called albergues and they're kind of like hostels that you can stay in every night if you're on this Camino. So they're five or six euros a night. Sometimes they include dinner and you get to have a nice shower, a hot meal, a couple beers. And it's, it's a different experience. It's, it's a different experience than backpacking in the forest. So you can hike all day and then check in at a place and have a couple beers? It's amazing. Yeah. Si- sign me up. Yes, everybody. <laughs> this is the best experience. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. Hey, when we come back from the break, we'll unzip our bags and share what we've got, how much it weighs, and why we bring that gear on our hikes. Stay tuned. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right, welcome back. So as we get into this BA, let's talk about the concept of base weight. I first heard this term from a hiker I encountered at Muir Trail Ranch on that first long hike. We were sitting at the hiker boxes and this young guy was bragging about his 13 pound base weight. I wasn't sure what that exactly meant, but I knew it sounded a lot lighter than the 42 pounds I was carrying on my back Ooh, that summer. That's rough. Yeah. BA, what's your explanation or understanding of base weight? What does that include? So base weight is everything that's not, everything that you're carrying on your back that's not food or water. So what you start out with when you're packing your bag at home before you fill it up with all the goodness that you're going to eat when you're out in the mountains. Goodness, all the goodness. Hopefully, you're eat. hopefully, goodness. Sometimes it's not so good, but maybe that's a different episode. That's, that's like, you probably we could probably devote a full episode to, to trail food. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So again, you definitely don't want to carry a ton on your back, but you don't want to go without vital gear or carry inferior gear on a trip either. There's a category of ultralight backpackers out there that take this very seriously, even going as far as cutting their toothbrush in half and cutting off the excess straps on their packs, removing every unnecessary ounce. 
I did I did cut off the end of my toothbrush, but I think that was not for weight. It was more for efficiency because it fits into things better. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Both BA and I have our packs here with us, and we've got the digital luggage scale, and we're going to unzip and see what we have in the bags. Okay. I'm going to start with you know what I typically carry on carry on the exterior of my bag, okay. uh, or in the exterior pockets. So. I've got a, uh, a multi-tool that I bring with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you bring a, a knife or a multi-tool at all. Not generally. I don't really know what I'd be cutting. or. I guess it's a probably a good thing for emergencies, but I just... Uh, I don't really cut things with a knife, so I leave that one at home. Yeah, and I haven't had much use for it yet, so yeah. it's... it's it, but, you know, <laughs> you just, just, just know. in case. I want to feel like a Boy Scout, always be prepared. I like that. So I, I carry a, a Leatherman Skeletool CX, and that's 6.4 ounces. I also carry my uh, foam water sandals on the outside of my pack, and those are not any kind of brand name. It's just kind of the the lightest uh, sandals that I kind of found out there as I was shopping. Mm -hmm. And those, uh, and I say lightest, but it sounds heavy. They're one pound, 3.2 ounces. Hmm. Uh, I also carry my... uh, my bathroom accessories mm-hmm. on the outside, uh, most notably my You Dig It Pro Poop Shovel. Gotta have one of those. Which comes in at 4.8 ounces <laughs> and three rolls of tissue on the go will tally up to about three ounces. Mm-hmm. What do you have? So the only thing I keep on the exterior are my Keen sandals and those are one pound, so they're 3.2 ounces. And one pound, three point. Three point so one pound one is 3.2 ounces. No, no, no. No. It's one, one pound, pound. 3.2 ounces. Okay. I'm bad at math. Don't, don't, don't judge me for that. Okay. So I keep my sandals and also the InReach Mini, and that is 3.2 ounces, and I always keep that on me just to be safe. I don't know what's going to happen if I fall down a hill. I want somebody to be able to come find me and rescue me. Maybe not a chopper or something of that <laughs> sort, but I just want to make sure that somebody knows where they can find me if I fall down a hill. Yes, and have you used the InReach Mini? We actually do. Um, we send out messages every night to just say that we've made it to camp so that our loved ones know that we're safe and we haven't been, I don't know, swept down a river. Mm-hmm. So is, is it just like using a, uh, a phone and a text message? Yeah, or? you set up uh, traditional, I think there's three standard messages and you can send them out for free. And you do pay a monthly subscription for the InReach, but it's a great tool just for peace of mind for everybody that's at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the interior of the bag. Now, I, I made a deliberate shift uh, last summer where I decided that I was going to try to go light. Oh, my goodness. And so I decided I was going to go tarp. I was going to go with a tarp instead of a tent. And there's all kinds of YouTube videos out there on the use of tarps in, in backpacking. Mm-hmm. And so much to my family's embarrassment, I spent a lot of time <laughs> on YouTube on the uh, the main TV here uh-huh. just kind of watching different uh, tarping tarp videos and different tarp setups. And uh, I, I totally I re- get it. I, I really enjoyed it, but they, <laughs> they really wanted to watch something else. Yeah, so. you can definitely get down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos, and I do. I am guilty of that too, so no judgment on this end. Yeah, and there are uh, a lot of ultralight tarp options out there, mm-hmm. but again, the, the lighter you go, the more expensive you're gonna. Mm-hmm. it's going to be. So... Uh, not having those kinds of funds to devote to this hobby, I I went with an AquaQuest 10 foot by 7 foot tarp, and uh, with the cordage and the stakes, it comes out to one pound eight ounces. Yeah, you definitely win on that one. That <laughs> is that's a pretty light uh, sleeping uh, sleeping shelter. Um, I'm I've got the REI Passage Two tent, 
and it's so it is a two-person tent it's five pounds 4.8 ounces but I'm generally hiking with my boyfriend so we get to split it and I'll carry parts of the tent and he'll carry the other half so it ends up being about two and a half pounds that we each carry which is still heavier than yours but it's not too terrible mm-hmm. yeah. and how proficient are you guys in setting up the tent when you get it when you get to camp how quickly does that tent go it's up? we carry that stuff generally at the top or on the outside so we throw it down and it takes maybe five or six minutes to set up because it's become a system it's super easy mm-hmm. it's really easy to set up and yeah keeps us dry and happy yeah so on those those tents i mean there's only one way to set those up mm-hmm. they you only, can't they screw it up <laughs> they, they only go up one way yeah with a tarp you can actually kind of play it by ear and see what the elements are going to bring you okay and there are different ways that you can set up a 10 foot by 7 foot tarp so oh, there's the, like if it's windy or something mm-hmm. like that okay right so you, you've got the the traditional uh like a frame with mm-hmm. the, the center line going across going across you know that's pretty pretty typical mm-hmm. if, the, if the weather's bad you can do it that way uh, the one I particularly favor is called the asymmetrical Holden. So well, that's very fancy. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can I'm not sure I can describe it here adequately for the podcast. But if you're interested, take a look on on YouTube or, or do a search on 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 the Google <laughs> the uh, Google machine. The asymmetrical Holden is a is a pretty cool uh, arrangement for the tarp. So mm, okay. All right, let's talk sleeping system. Um, again, in my quest to go lighter, I <laughs> kind of changed things up. Mm-hmm. I went to. Uh, Instead of a, a tent, um, I combined the tarp with a bivy. So I went with an MSR AC bivy, mm-hmm. which weighs a pound. And if you don't know what a bivy is, a bivy is kind of a... Uh, it, it, think of uh, a really... It's like a spaceship. I feel like it reminds me of like if you're in a sleep... A sleeping sleep, pod. A, a sleeping pod. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is a structure that covers just your sleeping bag mm-hmm. or, or just you. Think of it as a... As a I don't know, almost a paper thin. Yeah, it's, it's thin. Paper thin sleeping uh, sleeping bag that yeah, zips up completely. But, yeah, and it covers, but it has enough space above your face to breathe and. Yeah, and there's yeah. some netting. There's yeah. some netting, so you you, you can you, have some oxygen. That's right. So I've got the tarp. I've got the MSR AC bivy, which weighs a pound, and then I went with a Zefa back black 400 quilt. So I don't even have a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. I have a quilt which is rated to about 32 degrees, and that weighs a pound. Um, and then I, oh, I'm sorry. It's a pound, 6.4 ounces, mm-hmm. one pound, 6.4 ounces is the quilt. And then I've got a slipingo, slipingo, sleepingo, sleepingo, sleepingo. Yeah. I guess I, I always thought it was slipingo, but you know, looking <laughs> at it now as it's spelled out, it sleep in go, sleep and go, inflatable sleeping pad, which is 12.8 ounces. And then I've got a pillow. I need a pillow. I tried. I mm-hmm. tried going without the a clothes, pillow for a while. I, yeah, I'm still using the clothes, bunching a, them up. Get a crick in my neck. It's <laughs> you know. So I got a, a Trekology inflatable pillow at 3.2 ounces. So you add all all that up for your sleeping system, your bivy, your quilt, your sleeping pad, and your inflatable pillow. That comes in for me at three pounds, 6.4 ounces. Okay. So if you combine that with my tarp. Uh, add another pound and eight ounces to that. I'm still under you, the weight of your your mm-hmm. your two person tent. But again, yeah. you split that up as you you mm-hmm. carry that. So, but still, that is helpful. So I've got a sleeping pad and a sleeping bag. I'm still not switching to the pillow just for efficiency. And I have an outdoorsman lab sleeping pad that is one pound. I found it on on Amazon. I think it was. 30 bucks so it was a good deal and it's lasted me two seasons and it hasn't gotten a hole in it yet so so far so good 
And it's not loud. It's not loud and crinkly like the potato chip bag ones that I've heard. They're super lightweight, but I just I want something that I can actually sleep, side sleep on and be comfortable. Yeah, you talk about noisy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about that for a second. I'm not going to name names, but, but I've been on hikes with, with uh, a person or two who have really squeaky mm-hmm. uh Sleeping pads. Yeah, it sounds like they're they're wrestling a dolphin inside their tent <laughs> all night long. Every time they, they they move, turn over. They turn over, man. It get, it is noisy. So I would actually wait on those on the tri- on those particular trips. I would wait until I knew where that person was, was setting sleep- <laughs> up was setting up his or her tent, mm-hmm. and I would set up my tent on the opposite. Yep side of the camp as far away as possible smart thinking yeah get it please for the love of god get <laughs> it, get a sleeping pad that is not noisy yeah so i also have the rei helio down 30 degree sleeping bag and that weighs two pounds 1.6 ounces and again it's from rei it's it does the job i'm not doing any i haven't needed to do any backpacking in the winter yet so a 30 degree bag is perfect for me and the way i sleep because i sleep pretty warm so that's been working out for me just great. So I'm, I'm thinking back to when we did the part of the John Muir Trail. We went from Tuolumne Meadows to Happy, Happy Isles. Isles. And we had a, that was kind of, uh, it was in September, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of towards the end of the hiking season mm-hmm. for us, typical hiking season. Yep. And that last night was, was pretty cold. It was cold. I did bring an extra pair of socks and I did put, I did have to wear socks that night. <laughs> that sleeping bag held up all right? Yeah, it was totally fine. But I am a, I, I am a warm sleeper, so that... I luck out with that. So let me tell you, remember when I said that you want to make sure that you bring enough gear or Mm -hmm. the right gear for the, for the the situation. (laughs) So jukebox and I, we, we did a hike last September. Uh, we did from Red's Meadow to Tuolumne Meadows. Okay. And we spent the night at Thousand Island Lake. Love that place. It was beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. We were on, on, you know, we were maybe about 30, 40 feet off of the water's edge and, uh, it was just absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. but it got cold. Oh yeah! And he, here I am with my new sleeping system and my tarp, and I, you know, I had layers. I brought layers of clothing, mm-hmm. and so I thought, you know, okay, set up the tarp. <laughs> um, I'll get inside my bivy. My I got my quilt that's rated to you know thirty two degrees mm-hmm. supposedly. Uh oh. Um, and you know, four layers, five you layers of clothing. I should I should be all right, but I tell you what. Um, I realized about an hour and a half in, once the sun went down, it really started to, to get cold. And I realized uh, about an hour and a half in that, okay, I'm going to have to go back into my bag and put on oh, no. additional layers. I, I took everything. I put on rain pants. I put on all of my jackets that I had. Um, and, okay, in that arrangement, I was able to get some sleep. Oh, but still, that's not good sleep. That's and not restful sleep. It was not restful. I woke up about 330 and oh, gosh. decided that uh, I was actually worried about freezing to death. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to freeze to death, but that's one of the things, that's one of the places your mind goes to. Of course, to. yep. And so I woke up Jukebox, who I don't think he had a restful night either, but I woke him up probably about uh, 4.30 or so, mm-hmm. and we decided, okay, we were going to pack up our stuff mm-hmm. and get moving since we're not sleeping. Oh, and so we were up and, up and out of camp by 5 o'clock, 5 a.m., and there was, you know, packing up the tarp, there was ice crusted everywhere oh, on the tarp no. and on the uh, on the ground and so i'm sure i carried an extra two pounds of, of, of weight just in ice and yeah, water ice and water so. from moisture from the air oh that sounds miserable no thank you all right so <laughs> lesson learned 
if you're going to be doing some winter camping, it might be a better idea to go with a sleeping bag and a tent rather than a, a tarp and a quilt. Yeah, got to be prepared. You got to got to know <laughs> know what you're in for and and plan accordingly. Yeah, really. All right, moving further into the bag here. Now let's talk cook system, your stove. I've got a jet boil, and if you add that up with my lighter that I bring with me and a fuel canister, that comes to one pound, 3.2 ounces. And I have the jet boil zip, which is a little smaller, and it I shove my lighter, and I've got a fuel canister in there also, and that is one pound, 4.8 ounces. That's interesting. The jet boil zip is a little bit smaller, but it seems but, to weigh it a little bit more. Yeah, that's so strange. I don't know. Hmm. Weird. Okay. How about water filtration? I use a, a platypus gravity filter with a two liter reservoir, and that comes out to 9.6 ounces. And I've got a Katahdin gravity filter, and it is three liters because I'm paranoid of running out of water. I don't want to die, so I do carry a little more water just to be safe but it is 6.4 ounces, so it still works for me. So you went on that one. You've got mm-hmm. a, a larger reservoir, but you are three ounces, uh, three plus yes. ounces lighter than, Winning. than me. Winning. <laughs> Very good. And and this summer on the John Muir Trail, mm-hmm. you're probably going to want to carry more water than you typically would. Yeah. Because it's a, been a pretty dry season. I'm a little nervous about that. I've been, last year we were supposed to finish the John Muir Trail, but because, because of the snow, there was too much and we couldn't, so we had to cancel our trip. And this year, now it seems we're going to be having the opposite problem. So I'm hoping that we'll have enough water. I know we'll be fine, but it's just one of those things in the back of my head that makes me a little nervous that the snowpack is so low this year that well, we're going to have to seek out some water. Yeah, even on, even in the low years, I mean, there's plenty of water on the mm-hmm. John Muir Trail. You come across a stream, it seems, every, mm-hmm. every 15 minutes. Yeah. And just a ton of mountain lakes up there. So, I mean, there will be a lot of water still available for that. But I know there are stretches on the trail where um, when we were finishing from Tuolumne to Happy Isles mm-hmm. that one that one uh, summer, um, we went during a time when it was particularly it was dry, dry, and we were I think we we walked for several miles with, yeah, with nothing. Yeah, no, the- there was no water, and we didn't. I think I ran out, and I think that's where I've developed my fear of running out of water because I thought, what what happens? What if the next water source is dry? What if the next one's dry? And we mm-hmm. did eventually find water, but it just it freaked me out a little. Yeah. 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 And now we come to kind of a luxury item mm-hmm. that I bring. I decided uh, probably after the, those first two or three hikes that this was a necessity. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. I bring a camp chair with me mm-hmm. because you, know, you can only sit on your bear canister or on a rock yeah. hunched forward so many nights in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to have a, a chair where you can actually lean back and kind feel of relax and feel comfortable. So I went with a, an Elite, A-L-I-T-E, an Elite Monarch, which comes in at one pound, 3.2 ounces, but well worth the weight. Mm-hmm. And I finally jumped on this bandwagon on my last trip or my two trips ago. So I have the Helionox Chair Zero, and that is one pound, three ounces, 3.2 ounces. It's really easy to set up, super comfortable. You can lean back and give your back a break for from from a backpack and not sitting on rock. Yeah, you can only do that so long. Yeah. I remember on that first uh, summer 2015 when Chopper and uh, Buddy and I did the southern half of the John Muir Trail. We came down to um, LeConte Canyon Ranger Station. Mm-hmm. And we've been on the trail now for you know three three days or so, yeah. three or four days, and tired of sitting sitting on those rocks or bear canisters. And we we found the ranger station, and 
there are some Adirondack chairs oh, outside the, the ranger station, <laughs> and so we we sat in those. It was heaven. It yeah. was it was incredible. And then the ranger came out and told us that those are only for for use in an emergency. Oh well. Yeah, hmm. I said, I said this, <laughs> this is, is an this emergency. is an emergency. <laughs> I am sitting in the chair with the back. Yes, That's, I am. I am taking care of the emergency right now. We we assured the ranger that if any emergency came up, we would we would give <laughs> up those move. chairs. We'd move out of the chairs and give those to whoever needed them. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in this case, it was a low level emergency, and we were gonna gonna sit there for just a few more minutes. Okay, I so, like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, miscellaneous gear. So I kind of have a, a bunch of items lumped into this category. I've got my toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, some waterproof matches in mm-hmm. case the you know the lighter runs out. Good thinking. Uh, camp soap, sunscreen, bug juice, foot care, light first aid, uh, emergency blanket, yeah. KT tape, headlamp, bug net. And the now uh, infamous bear horn. I'm I'm very excited about this bear horn. I need to I need to find out what this is so I can hear about it. <laughs> so the bear horn. I don't, I don't think it's actually listed as a bear horn in the in the store. <laughs> okay. It's like uh, it's it's an air horn. Oh, okay. Basically an air horn. Something I carry to you know if a bear were to uh, get too close. Get too close. I. <laughs> Pull that thing out and, and give it a couple blasts and, okay. and try and scare it away. I like that. I also used it last episode, if you didn't hear. Not yet. Not yet. I used it last episode to signal that I was I thought I was dying and my <laughs> my trail mates were too far up the trail. Oh, okay. I didn't oh. want to die alone, so I was signaling, you know, hey, come hey, back. Hey, come and, back, and help me. Give me last rites or whatever it is. Okay. So. But all of that gear, all that miscellaneous gear comes in for me at uh, just over one pound, 11 ounces. Okay. So my miscellaneous gear, I've got, what is this? I've got my aluminum GSI Outdoors cup, which I drink my coffee in in the morning. I do need coffee in the morning, so I bring my powdered coffee. I've got my spork, my long spork, so that, again, you don't get your hands dirty when you're dipping them in the bag. That is crucial. Yep. I've got my first aid kit with some pills. Toothbrush, toothbrush. Oh, hang on, you oh. just gloss right over that. Oh, you got your first aid kit with some pills. With some pills. It's that's my, a that's a lot of pills, right this there. This is my vitamin A. It's my Aleve because okay. at the end of the day, I'm generally sore, so I got to take a pop a few Aleve to make myself feel better. Okay. And there's some band aids in here. Yeah, moleskin just in case. Mm-hmm. I've got my trowel, and I have a what's this one called? Uh. I don't know what this is called. Oh, it's the Deuce of Spades. I've got the Deuce of Spades, and I've got my toilet paper. I also have a foldable bucket, which I love because at the end of the day, I can wash my socks. I can wash my clothes if they've gotten too disgusting, Mm -hmm. and it just helps. uh, I also use it to kind of shower myself so I don't feel awful for two weeks on the trail of not showering. I've also got my headlamp and my bug net. Yeah, so... I don't know what that is. All of that comes to one pound, 1.6 ounces. And it's all stuff that I use every day. And yeah, it just helps to have some of these creature comforts, but also stuff to use every day. Okay. And then if you're going to be hiking on the John Muir Trail, you're going to need a bear canister. It's required mm-hmm. for the permit. And if you ever encounter a ranger out there, that's probably one of the one of the two items he's going to ask to see is mm-hmm. uh, first your permit and then also your bear canister yep. because that is required. Um, and I think we talked about this on one of the episodes. You, it's it's 
it's for the safety of the bears and the humans. Yep. If they if they can't get into your food, um, they'll have less interaction with humans and mm-hmm. trying to scavenge off of humans. And yeah. if they have, if they get it, if there there are too many interactions with humans, then the bear will eventually have to be put down. Put down. So, uh, bear canister, while it's a it's a pain and it's an extra weight, mm-hmm. uh, it's really for the benefit of both bear and human. So I make agree. sure you bring that with you. Mm-hmm. I bring the BV five hundred, which is a little bit larger size, and that that weighs in at two pounds nine ounces. And I have the BV four fifty which is two pounds, 3.2 ounces. And this is something that I'm struggling with. I like that it's smaller because it's a little lighter weight. But this this summer we're going from Devil's Post Pile all the way to Cottonwood Pass. So we're going to end at Horseshoe Meadows. And we're only doing one resupply. And I'm just nervous about fitting all of my food into there for 16 days, I think is how long we're going to be out. So I'm going to have to do some practice with squishing my food down to get it small enough so that it'll all fit yeah, you know, you can always you can only go without water for three days before you're really in trouble. You can mm-hmm. go you can go without food for like a month. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, you know, I'll be fine. I can eat some berries or <laughs> figure something out. Worst case scenario, just come out lighter. That's all. Yeah, right. exactly. I Very like that. Good. Very good. Hey, how about clothing? So we, we start off with what we're wearing on the trip. What what do you what additional clothing do you carry uh, in the bag? I carry uh, one extra pair of underwear, mm-hmm. a base layer top, a base layer bottom for camp when it, mm-hmm. and when I'm sleeping and it's a little bit cooler. Uh, I bring some rain pants, uh, one extra pair of socks. I'll have a puffy jacket and a rain shell and I carry that in all in a Sea to Summit waterproof bag and that comes in at about uh, three pounds, 10 ounces. Okay, so I am a little more lightweight. Um, I do have an extra pair of underwear. Um, I don't wear base layer and I don't have rain pants. I just have so far, knock on wood, lucked out that it hasn't rained awfully. And if it, it, I mean, we did go through a day of rain, but I just rolled up my pants and they dry really fast. So, so I've got the, mostly the, that's got, I've got the clothes I'm wearing. The only thing that stays in my bag are my pajamas. So I've got some lightweight pants that I got from REI. I have a long sleeve shirt and some sleep socks. And I also have a North Face rain jacket as well as my puffy when I'm not wearing it, but I'm I gen, I'm generally wearing it most of the morning and then most of the afternoon. So all of that comes to 11.2 ounces because I'm not bringing a ton of extra clothes. Wow, you win in that category. <laughs> I'm at three pounds ten ounces. You're at 11 ounces. Yeah, I just don't I don't want to take up space with stuff that I don't need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in this summer's trip, you're going to be going over Forester Pass, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So my my experience with Forester Pass. Oh dear. <laughs> Is that it? You will it get will, rained. It up. will have rain. Yeah, the two times I've done it, uh, the, the the day it started out really nice, uh-huh. and then it it just turned on a dime oh. as you got to the as yeah. you got to the pass. Mm-hmm. Thunder, lightning, hail, oh, wind. Gosh. Yeah. But even then, I was in shorts. Mm-hmm. I didn't put the rain pants on until after I was down. Yeah, when you were soaking. When I was cold. soaking. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe 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 you've got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about the backpack? I, I started off with a Deuter pack the first couple of trips, and then I, I got a a Granite Gear Crown 60 that I found on eBay for a real decent price, and that comes in about two pounds, five ounces. Okay, so I actually started off with a Deuter pack too, and that's what I hiked the Camino with, and it did a good job, but I, feel, I felt like I needed to trade it in for something which I thought was a little lighter, but it's 
about the same weight at two pounds, eight ounces, but the the flash pack is a lot more user friendly. It's not, it doesn't have so many outside pockets where everything gets lost. I can just, everything's in one space. So I don't have to worry about losing everything in my, in my own bag. Nice. So that brings us to total base weight. So let's tally up the, uh, the different items here. I'm coming in at 323 ounces which works out to be a base weight of 20 pounds, three ounces. And BA, we add up all of your stuff and you come out to uh, 307.2 ounces, which is 19 pounds, 3.2 ounces. I am the winner. You I have been declared the winner. You are the winner of the Pack <laughs> Shakedown episode. Heck yes. Fantastic. <laughs> all right, so let's get into our final thoughts here on our gear episode mm -hmm. um what have you stopped bringing over the years how, how many years you've been hiking backpacking so i've been backpacking this is my third second or third season okay and it, were there items that you had on that first season that you're no longer bringing with you yes um i have finally decided that i'm just going to be smelly and gross and i don't need to bring deodorant anymore i also don't need to bring a change of clothes because it just takes up space it weighs it weighs extra i don't need it and the first trip that we did, I also brought a hammock, which was, uh, I think I used it maybe twice. And I definitely used it when we were in Tuolumne Meadows. Uh, I took a nap in it and it was very nice, but I think it weighed a pound and a half. So that was an easy thing to shed when I realized how much it weighed in relation to everything else. Now, did you just use the hammock for recreational lounging around or did you ever use it to sleep in at night? I never used it as a sleep system just because I didn't want to be freezing or wake up and have a bear sitting next to me. I was a little too close for comfort. So Because the, the thick wall of the tent <laughs> yeah, is, seems, a, is, is an some, adequate yeah, uh, you know barrier. What? Yeah, those zippers make me feel, make me feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I have stopped bringing as many clothes. Mm -hmm. I think you know, just two pairs of socks and two pairs of underwear, mm -hmm. and you're wearing you're wearing that one of those sets. You know, yep. all day, all day, and you're switching every uh, what three or four days mm -hmm. about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it, it it's all about embracing the sock. I mean, you're out there in your your own filth at times, mm -hmm. but uh, every. You, you try when you get into camp to kind of clean, clean up, up a little bit. Um, <laughs> depends on what kind of day you've had and, yeah. and where the camp is in relation to the water. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just not so many clothes. It, yeah. it's, it, I never I never wore all of it during a trip, so mm -hmm. I just stopped bringing it. Yep, so. good thinking. All right, what about a, a wish list item? So we've, we've talked about our gear here. If someone said, hey, BA, you can, you can choose from this list of items, anything you want, no cost, what would you, what would you get? Well, if any... If someone's going to give me stuff for free. I'd love it. I mean, I'd love a new, a new tent. I'd love, yeah, I definitely love a lighter weight tent and I could use a new sleeping bag. I could always take some new stuff. Anything that's lighter that, or that's smaller that saves space, I'm in. But mm. for now, my budget, my budget shopping is going to be a little heavier. Yeah. I think as we went through all of our items here and we went through our total uh, base weight at the end, you can see that on a on a budget, we were able to get to a base weight of about 20 pounds, mm -hmm. 19 pounds for you, 20 pounds for me. Um, if if we had the ability um, or the luxury to spend more money on a, on different items, you're going to get lighter items that mm -hmm. way. And so you could probably get closer to 15 pounds, yeah. which 
you know, doesn't sound like a big difference, but over the course of... Of, of a two-week uh, trip, when that's on your back, uh, five pounds is five pounds. That's right. Yeah. So I think uh, if I wish list items, same thing, you know, lighter tent, uh, 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 heavier duty or quilt, heavier, yeah. heavier, heavier duty or... Yeah, that's that, that's, yeah. <laughs> Doing heavier, some <laughs> heavier duty uh, quilt that weighed less, I mean, that, that would be helpful. So, all right. We have come to that point in the episode for the pro tip insight of the week. Have you, have you got one in mind here, BA? I think it's got to be the luxury item. I mean, I know we're all supposed to embrace the suck while we're out there, but having a camp chair is just a wonderful thing to know that when you're taking a break or at the end of the day that you can eat your meal and lean back and sit in a comfortable seat it's it is a luxury but it's totally it's totally worth it so you're telling me you don't have to embrace the suck 24 hours a day no i think it's uh, you know what you're supposed to enjoy this it's not supposed to be torture the whole time so if if you want i think it's a good it's a good purchase nice i'd agree with that that's mm-hmm. a great pro tip so there you have it. That's it. Episode 5 is in the books. I want to thank BA for coming on today and helping me out with our pack shakedown episode. BA, I hope you enjoyed it and you'll come back on a future episode. I would love to. Thank you. Excellent. And you're not easily going to forget the the accommodations in this studio. This is true. It's very luxurious. <laughs> Remember, if you're interested in being a guest contributor for the John Freakin' pod, there are a number of ways to get in touch. There's email at johnfreakin'mure at gmail.com, as well as Twitter, at johnfreakin'mure, and Instagram, johnfreakin'mure. And for clarification, there is no G in freakin'. Mm-hmm. I will also be posting some pictures of the gear BA and I talked about today on Twitter and Instagram, so you can take a look. Also, if you are hiking all or part of the JMT this season and would like to be a correspondent from the trail in order to share conditions and stories, including you, BA. I'm, I'm so in for that. Awesome. Awesome. Please get in touch and let's set that up. That's a wrap from the John Freaking Muir Studio with BA and Doc. Thank you for tuning in. And always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.